Good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10. At 10. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Kimberly Bradshaw. And you'll know by now as you've been watching us for weeks, but every Thursday at 10, Kimberly and I get together and talk about some of the latest things in HR. And this year, it's quite COVID focused. So, Kimberly, should we talk about holiday? Oh, yes, that's a sticky one. Uh, as you know, I have views on that uh, around how people can deal with it. As we've talked about, although people have the right, employers have the right not to, uh, they have the right to insist on a holiday. And for some people, it's very clear because the guidelines is if it's been affected, if you've been affected and not able to take your holiday because of COVID, I think there's a lot of uncertainty out there. It's, sorry, you go yeah, on. No, the, 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 there really is. I threw that one at you a little bit and the joys of doing it live. Um, perhaps I should have warned you a bit what I was going to say. But, uh, <laughs> but this is the excitement of it. Absolutely. Jason. I mean, the, the background to this one, for anyone who's not familiar with it, is the government brought in some legislation. And I think it was around April when the COVID crisis first started. And the context was... We were asking all our healthcare workers, all our emergency service workers, and perhaps at the time, all those stacking toilet roll on supermarket shelves to work every hour under the sun to make sure we could all buy enough toilet roll or be looked after in hospital. And the government brought in some effectively emergency legislation that said, if you don't get the opportunity, if you're not able to take all of your leave this year, then you can roll it forward, unused amounts, up to two years. And that really does stumble some employers, doesn't it, Kimberly? It does. And um, under the circumstances you mentioned, it's very clear cut. But I think there'll be a lot of employees who, because they've been on furlough and haven't been able to go to Spain or Greece or wherever it is they fancied, they will view themselves as not being having been able to take holiday. Mm. But they, the employer can insist that they do. But I think people will come into a sticky wicket on that if it isn't in their terms and conditions or in their handbook. Because if employers employees don't know that they the employer has the right, gosh, I'm jumping over my teeth this morning, <laughs> um, then I think it'll be tricky. And I think there's a potential for employment engagement issues there. I I think you're, you know, the, the crux here, and you and I talk about this often on our Wednesday um, conference calls as well, is employee engagement. What you really need to do is carry your people with you, because otherwise you have very disgruntled employees. And right now, while so many businesses are struggling, the last thing you need is an unhappy workforce on top of everything else. So uh, our, our resident legal advisor, as I might call him, David Ludlow, who often joins us on the Wednesday conference calls. I know he's talked about the absolute right to enforce holiday. And many employers, particularly factories, have often had an annual shutdown or have a compulsory week off at Christmas. And the employer has that right. The problem is, as you say, the employee doesn't necessarily like it when that right is inflicted on them, particularly if the worker is on furlough at the time. Mm. Yes, and I think it, it's a danger now for those people that have holiday years coming up at the end of December, you know, if they run January to December, say, 
they're not going to be able to insist on everybody having holiday over the short period that we have left. And so how are they going to, with equality and without discrimination, manage that process into the new year? I think it's quite a tough one if you've left it till now and haven't yet thought about it, because, you you know, we've got weeks left to do it. Um, I think the big view that I take is you, you need as an employer to make a judgment call. Were the individuals unable to take that leave because of COVID? Or did they simply choose not to book any leave because they didn't have anywhere nice to go? And those are two very, very different things. Exactly. And all the terms define is that an employee needs an opportunity to rest. Yes. In summary. So on furlough, people have had loads of rest. (laughs) Yes. No, I I think that's quite a difficult one to um, uh, defend or argue. The blunt line is it's about whether somebody's had the opportunity to take the leave. If they've had the opportunity and chose not to. And I think if people were working and you've been running flexible furlough since July, um, then I think the reality is an employer can take a view. What would probably be the good employer engagement thing is during next year to take a, do you know, it was an incredibly tough year. We're understanding. So we'll let you have some of the additional leave as we recover through this crisis. And that's really what I'd advise most clients to do. Exactly. Find the centre ground. Yes. So what are we moving on to now then, Jason? Do you know, I I think that we ought to talk about pay rises. Um, I I read a piece of research, I think it was in the People Management, the CIPD um, site yesterday, and it really shocked me. Um, And that was that the average private sector pay rise in 2021 is expected to be an inflation-busting 2.4%. Mm, I'd love to know where, what the research was behind that, because I personally think that's utter rubbish from a practical and a moral perspective. We know that the public sector uh, pay rises are, are being held and they're about the only uh, sector that is absolutely guaranteed a pay review and, a, and an increase each year. So, you know, for civil servants and what have you, that I think that's fair enough. But... I think for the private sector, where are they getting that from? How can you possibly say that you're going to give people a pay rise when you've potentially just made loads of people redundant? Kimberly, with that tone of voice and that facial expression, I'm going to say don't take up poker. Uh, um, I, you know, I'm inclined to agree with you. I mean, I, I have a feeling that this data might have come out from some of the major corporates. Do you know, we've had a point in the past couple of weeks where we've seen one after another, the major supermarkets say they're going to give the millions in rate rebates they've had back. So we've had Asda, Sainsbury's, Tesco's, Lidl, Aldi. I could go on. I think the only two that haven't are Waitrose and Booze, if I recall correctly. So there are many big businesses out there who quite honestly have been booming this year and done awfully well whilst an awful lot of privately owned, perhaps SMEs, if they're not, I don't know, selling PPE or in uh, video conferencing, um, (laughs) they've perhaps been struggling. And I struggle to see how any of those businesses can contemplate pay rises. 
And I think it was summed up nicely yesterday on our employers um, forum, where the general reaction were there um, was most of our people think they're lucky to have a job in this crisis and aren't going to be expecting a pay rise. So I think there's uh, also talking about the big organisations, certainly when I was doing the leadership research um, earlier in the year, a lot of a lot of big corporates were involved and they might be able to do a pay rise because they've had cost savings. You know, mm. some of them, well, quite a lot of them had decided to reduce the amount of offices that they had. Yes. So they've had cost savings, which has meant potentially less or no redundancies. And, you know, they've been able to keep going because the majority of their staff can work from home. So I can see that there are circumstances where that would happen. But for the majority of, you know, local British business, I, I don't think it's feasible at all, and it it's an unmanageable expectation. Baffling, I think, is the phrase. Yes, and uh, inappropriate, I think, actually. Yes. But, you know, that's my moral stance. Yes, and I, I actually see some difficulty. You've mentioned the public sector pay restraint, and I think that was an indication of what we expect. And it would be, again, wrong to have public sector pay rises going up while the private sector can't afford it. But there are some parts that can. And you've also got the issue over those dealing with the minimum wage or the work living wage and what effect that has. But yeah. as I say so often on these sessions, this is HR in 10 and we've spoken for 10. So, oh, good heavens, where does the time go? I know. So we, we will bring it to an end. For those of you watching, we do hope it's proving really useful. You can click subscribe to the YouTube channel so you get alerts other than me sending emails out reminding you that we're live. Um, thanks very much. And we will look forward to seeing you next week. See you next week. Goodbye. Thanks, Kimberly. Bye-bye.